So this evening, what I'm not going to have uh, any extra comments, I want to walk through the scriptures. Uh, probably not an exhaustive walkthrough, but a reflection upon the Passover and things that we're familiar with. Most of all, of all this we're familiar with, but it's always good to remind ourselves of how we got where we are uh, so we'll look at the Passover reflections and read the scriptures out of Exodus, beginning there. You know, the new beginning for the Israelites and then see the fulfillment of that, really in a sense, the new beginning for us in Jesus. So with that, um, I think the scriptures will come up as I'm reading them. Or if you have your Bible, I'll give you the the passage and you're welcome to turn to it. But I'll move rather quickly because we have a number of scriptures to, to read. So here we go. Exodus 12, 1 and 2. Give you a moment to get set. So good to see so many smiling faces. I tell you what, that's great, isn't it? Happy bunch. Exodus 12, 1 and 2. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. In Christ, every believer is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now in chapter 12, a male lamb in its first... Uh, uh, new was taken into the home on the tenth day of the month of Nisan, and while in the home, it was closely inspected to see if there were any blemishes or disfigurements. It was, of course, to be without defects, and it was to be sacrificed on the fourteenth day of the month. So we had a four-day inspection take place. Exodus 12:5 says your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats and remember that Jesus was closely inspected for 4 days after the triumphant entry on palm what we could refer to as palm sunday uh, Pilate inspected him Herod inspected him. Annas inspected him. Caiaphas inspected him. And they could find what? No fault in him. Jesus Christ was a lamb without blemish. First Peter one nineteen. So the whole community of God's people uh, were required to participate in the sacrifice. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Exodus 12, 6. And then, so true in the family of God. Romans three twenty-six and 21. Everyone who accepts the sacrifices required... Uh, is a requirement, rather, uh, for everyone who enters the family of God to accept Jesus as their sacrifice. 
Romans 3.21 reads, Now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. There's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood, through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because of His forbearance, God passed over the sins that it were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. In Exodus 12, 7, and verse 12, and verse 22 of the same chapter, the blood of the sacrificed lamb was applied to the doorframe, the lintel, and the side posts. Because the covering of the blood, the house would be spared from the wrath of God in the plague. The death angel would, as it were, pass over. We'll read that in Exodus 12, 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. And, and even as Christ shed his blood to rescue his people. We all need to be covered and justified by the blood of the Lamb. He is the one who rescues us from the condemnation of sin. Christ is truly the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Let's stand and sing.
be seated. And rather than you flipping through the pages, just sit back and enjoy. Hopefully I'll do a decent job reading for you. So the Passover was kept as a memorial and a remembrance forever according to Exodus 12:14. It was during the last summer, supper, summer, the last supper. Hope it's, maybe this will be our last summer, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, right? <laughs> during the last supper, Jesus referred to the bread as my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Luke 22:19. And so God commanded Israel not to break any bones of the sacrificial lamb. According to Exodus 12:46, in one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry or eat any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. And so the Romans, to speed up Jesus' death, the soldiers were going to break his legs. But when they had came to Jesus, he was already dead, so they did not break his bones. John 19, 31-33. As we'll read here, Therefore it was the preparation day, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. For that Sabbath was a high day, meaning that it was a Sabbath during the week of Passover feast. And the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and they might be taken away. And then the soldiers came and broke the legs of Jesus, of the first, and then of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. Wow. And so Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, which is uh, prior to this, obviously, uh, he says, Jesus came and said to them, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And so he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face. And prayed saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot be pass away from me unless I drink it your will be done and he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy and so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words and then he came to his disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting behold the hour is at hand the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners rise let's let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's stand again.
Jesus is betrayed by Judas and arrested, according to John 18, 1 through 9. And when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden in which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops, and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? And they answered and said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. And now when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. And then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I've told you that I am. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which was spoken. Of those whom you gave to me, I have lost none. And Jesus now is taken before the Sanhedrin and condemned, according to Luke twenty-two, sixty-six through 71. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter, the Son of Man will set at the right hand of the power of God. <laughs> and they all said, Are you then the Son of God? And he said to them, You rightly say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. And then, of course, Jesus is denied by Peter in Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now Peter sat outside the courtyard and the servant girl came to him saying, You also were with him, Jesus of Galilee. And he died, denied it before them saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out into the gateway, another girl saw him and said, to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely 
You are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word of the Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and wept bitterly. And then Jesus is judged also by Pilate, according to Mark 15, 1 through 5. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation. And with the elders and the scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. And then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And then Pilate asked him again, Do you answer nothing? You see how many things they testify against you? But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Shall we stand?
Jesus is then scourged and crowned with thorns, according to John 19, 1-5. And so Pilate went, took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And they said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. And Pilate went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Jesus then takes up his cross, according to John nineteen sixteen and 17. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. They took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. Along the way, Jesus is helped by Simon to carry the cross. Mark fifteen twenty one, And so they compelled a certain man, Simon the Cyrenian, the father of Alexander in Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And on his way to Golgotha, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. Luke twenty-three, twenty-seven through 31 And a great multitude of the people followed him, and w- women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and the breasts which never nursed. And then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do this, these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? Shall we stand? The sin of man and 
Jesus is now crucified. They brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated the place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. And with him 
they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. And so the scripture was fulfilled which says, He was numbered with the transgressors, and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, oh, You who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. And now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, in his passion, promises his kingdom to the repentant thief in Luke 23, 39 through 43. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we, will re we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus entrusted Mary to John in 19, John 19, 25 through 27. And there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother-in-law's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. According to Matthew twenty-seven forty-five through 54 it was at this time that Jesus died on the cross. Now, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there, when they heard that, they said, this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and took the sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. And the rest said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection. 
They went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw that the earthquake and the things that had happened, and they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. One other addition here I'd like to read from Psalm 22, which is quite prophetic of this event. And it's, we've often wondered what Jesus was thinking and what would have gone through his mind for that six hour period of suffering. In Psalm 22, no doubt Jesus in this psalm uh, was looking to the future. Uh, and this is a prophetic psalm. In verse, the end of uh, 21, verse 21, it says, after his long explanation here given by David and his sufferings, he says, the Lord has answered me. No doubt when Jesus was on the cross, he was praying and the Father was ministering him through his spirit. And he come to the conclusion that the Father had answered his prayer. And in verse 27, it says, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. And we are a fulfillment of that tonight, of what he has done. Isn't that wonderful? Now, shall we stand and sing? Uh, and then we're going to follow this with communion. What we'll do tonight is, uh, after the song, the fellows will administer the elements to you, take them, and we'll give you all a moment to uh, prepare yourselves, pulling the top lid off and exposing the wafer and then getting ready. And we'll all take it together. Take it together as the family of God, just as the disciples with Jesus took it uh, together. So uh, shall we sing uh, this song of remembrance?
reflection and remembrance.
my favorite portions of scriptures to read when taking communion is Luke 22. His gospel is um, very emphatic. I would like to read uh, a few of the verses the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. And this is 22:14. When the hour had come, he sat down and with his twelve apostles with him, and he said to them, "With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it." until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and he gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Behold, the hand of the betrayer is with me on the table. Truly, the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he has betrayed. With fervent desire I have desired the double repetition of desire this is a great moment for God to be with man God with man he wants to be wanted to be with them in that last moment so I want you to sense that tonight how much God wants to be with you how much he wants to be with us we all love the Lord and we want to be near him. But you, do you ever think that he wants to be closer to you than you want to be closer to him? He loves us that much. It's an incredible thought, isn't it? With fervent desire I have desired. He desires you. He desires us. Lord, we take this moment now to just reflect upon your love. incomprehensible to us Lord it's foreign to us it doesn't doesn't make any sense humanly speaking Lord we consider ourselves so unworthy so darkened by sin and fallen and yet you say your grace is sufficient because you can apply that grace because the debt is paid through your precious blood. You gave your life for ours. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, as we take this bread and this cup, we think of the incredible pain physically that you endured, the reviling, the insults, the ripping out of your beard, the being spit upon and mocked, jamming the crown of thorns upon your head, into your skull, into your face. Beating you beyond recognition, laying your back and wide open, Lord. 
draining your body of blood and fluids. Oh. Thank you, Lord. All we can say is just thank you. And now we take this bread in remembrance of those things, Lord. so blessed Lord to think of what the authority there is in your life and in shedding your blood you have now given us authority the right the ability to become children of God thank you for shedding your precious blood spilling it Lord even by the hands of sinful men. Thank you, Lord. As we think of this cup, as you have said, you will not drink it until you gather your body, all of us together, together, forever. In a moment of time, you will lift that cup once again with all of us present, Lord, that love you. And you will drink with us. And the oneness that you've longed for and prayed for will become a, the ultimate reality that you've ordained. Thank you for that incredible vision and purpose that you've had for mankind, Lord. All symbolized in a cup. Thank you, Jesus. We drink to your honor. We drink in remembrance. Thank you. As we end here, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 27, 57 through 61 reads as follows. Now when evening had come, there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate commanded the body to be given to him and when Joseph had taken the body, and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in the new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. Now I can't imagine, well I can try, but I can't imagine how the apostles must have felt, these women must have felt, the disciples and the followers of Christ must have felt when they laid him in the tomb and they rolled that stone away and the next three days were the worst days of their existence. They thought it was over and done. And I'm sure the apostles feared for their lives, thinking that they were next. Friday came and went. Saturday came and went. 
But there's always a Sunday after a Saturday. <laughs> you can't keep love down. Love never fails. God's never late. He kept his word on the third day. He didn't need to move the stone to get out. He just moved the stone to let them in. It's the way it works. God opens the door and all we got to do is come in. Shall we stand as we sing? He is worthy.
Father, we thank you for this evening of remembrance as we've reflected upon ancient prophecies and shadows and types and the fulfillment of all these things in the person of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your obedience and fulfilling the scriptures perfectly and the hope the future that you have given to each one of us as your children, Lord. No greater gift could we have received than the gift of eternal life. And we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you tonight, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. May God bless